Start the back row. Right. Where are you from? Uh, Well, welcome, guys. How, how's uh, how's Sol so far? Cool? Yeah, good, yeah. Pretty good? 
Last night, all right? You go to bed before one o'clock? No. No. Alrighty, well, this workshop is on forgiveness. So what we're, we're going to do a few things. We've got an hour to do so. We want to look at a bit of a definition of forgiveness. We want to look just a general definition. We want to also think about um, forgiveness as a, a key part of being a Christian. Yes, sort of a main part of that. So we want to look the whole idea of forgiveness in relation to Jesus, and then we want to look at what forgiveness is not, and also look at a definition of unforgiveness. Um, and then we've got some stories we want to read, and then we also want to make sure we've left some time for prayer. Does that make sense? So, that, so that's where we're going. So I'm going to do a little bit of scribing over this side. So um, first thing we're going to do is to look at a definition of forgiveness. Now, I is... Maybe I'll scribe this I was, <laughs> I forgive you, darling. <laughs> We're just putting it into practice. Um, as I looked at this, I realised actually trying to define forgiveness is a bit of a challenge, but we're going to do it. So this is this is a workshop where you don't just sit and we tell you a whole bunch of stuff. A workshop is where we engage and we think and we suggest stuff. Now, um, it doesn't have to be right. It's just an idea. And as we collectively put our ideas together, we build some understanding. Does that make sense? So, what do you think first? How would you define forgiveness? Yep. Kind of like, um, oh, can I use the word forgiveness? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to. Oh, okay, well then, uh, letting go of something that, like, somebody did to you or something? Yeah, that sounds good. Letting go. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so here you go. Let no, me, I want to throw them. All right, you want to throw them. Okay. So, for as much as what's in the bag, you can answer a question, or you can put a question in. You get, but I'm just you get a that randomly, So letting go of, letting go oh. of, oh, like something someone did to you. Okay, sure. What else? Yeah, letting go of an issue. Yes. What else? Think. How, how would you define forgiveness? I'm, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm waiting. They're, they're, all their brains are trying to get into gear. Yeah. Maybe it's just that feels as good. What is, how do you define forgiveness? This is a key thing in Christianity. And like, how do you define yeah, this thing? It's, it is tricky. It's hard. But have, put some ideas. Come on, there's a snake on the line here. <laughs> yeah. Moving on from things that have happened to you, like in the past and trying to like mend or make a stronger friendship with someone. Like okay, so mending a friendship. Okay, concept of moving on from like a painful event. Yeah. Is that okay? Did you have an idea? I saw a hand. So like relinquishing or letting go of any debts or grudges and uh, letting it sit even though you still want it. Okay. So there's a sense of remembering, but letting it sit 
but there's also a letting go again. So that's a grudges. Cat's doing very well. Can you guys, you might not be able to see that. Can you see that? Oh. Yeah. Am I not writing big enough? That's right, keep going. Yeah. Moving on from the past difference. Moving on from the past difference. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Are you, can we keep, keep, keep going? Yeah. Uh, perhaps um, not letting something which someone has done to you affect how you see that person. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So okay. did you get that? So it's not it's it's not letting what somebody so not, not letting uh, something which someone might have done to you affect how you see that person. Okay. Does that, how does that sound? That sounds all right. Good ideas. Any other thoughts? So we've got this concept where some is moving on, some is sort of the relational. Like how do I now think about that person? They've done something to me that's hurt. It's, it's in a way um, dealing with that, not letting that pain continue to influence negatively how you feel about that person. Mm. Yeah? Any other thoughts? Have we got a cover or was there more to it than this? Say loving someone despite their behaviour. Yeah, cool. Loving somebody despite their behaviour. Now you brought up the whole idea of a debt. You know how the idea of like wiping a slate clean. Have you heard of that concept before? Like, you know, you know, you may have, you know, every time somebody does something to you, you write down, you know, they did this, they did this, they did this, and so there's this long list, and it's like screwing the list up, and maybe that concept, wiping the slate clean. What else? Any other things that you think you The last time that you forgave somebody, what, what, what was going on at that point? What were you trying to do by saying, yeah, I forgive you? A restoration yeah. of peace. Okay, fantastic. How does that look for you guys? So you probably can't see it that well from that side. Okay. How, do, how does it sound? Is that is that helpful? As we look at the definition. Okay. Um, does does a person deserve to be forgiven? Yes. No. Yes. yes. We've got no's and yes. Should, should we have a vote? Should we have a vote? Votes are fun. Because then you actually got to make a decision. Is, does a person deserve to be forgiven? Yes, hand up for yes. Hand up for no. Really interesting, isn't it? Okay, there's, there's, so it's, it's, I would say it's sort of even, maybe a little bit on the yeses. Why is this such a hard question to answer? <coughs> yeah. It kind of depends on the situation, what they've done. Yeah. So are we saying that some things don't deserve to be forgiven and other things do? Well, it also depends on who's doing the forgiving. Because like, something that means a lot more to someone might not mean as much as someone else. Yeah. So it might be easier for one person to go, ah, no big deal. Another person goes, you have just shattered my life forever, yeah, sort of thing. And you go, well, that's a lot harder to do the second than the first. You going to say something? Depends what knowledge you believe in. Yeah, cool. Okay, so this is sort of, there's, there's something inherent in all of us that may define our capacity to forgive. 
Now, whether it could be a faith stance, it could be your upbringing, you know, in your families, some, you know, one of the things that can be really challenging is, is how we live in families, because that's where we have to do a lot of forgiving. Is that right? Does anyone have a brother or sister? Hand up if you've got a brother or sister. Hand up if you've ever had to forgive them. Okay, so we do a lot of stuff for families. You can say. Um, I was going to say, I don't know that people deserve to be forgiven. I think that forgiving people is an act of mercy, and so they are not deserving of forgiveness, but we give it to them anyway. Okay. So, so that's that's very good. So, forgiving is an act of mercy and love. Would we agree? Yes. Okay. So therefore. There's something if if they're the whole idea of them being deserving to be forgiven. Guys, if you would like to come in, just come in. Okay. And there is, and we'd like to welcome you to the chairs. Come and come and grab a seat. Then you're stuck here for the next hour. Yeah. When there's an exam. So. Oh. All right. See you later. So I want to say, I want to move on a little bit. So one thing I want to say is, um, forgiving somebody doesn't mean that we will put ourselves back into a harmful situation or that we suddenly accept or approve of a person's continued wrong behaviour. Now, did you hear that? Do you want me to read it again? Let me read it again. Just because we're forgiven somebody, it doesn't mean that we will put ourselves back into a harmful situation or that we suddenly accept or approve of the person's continued wrong behaviour. Can you give me an example of, of that? Yeah. If somebody had like hurt, hurt like a child and you say, I forgive you, you yeah. don't say it's okay to do that, but just say that one time you did it and you changed now. Yeah. It also goes along a bit with saying sorry because when you say sorry, it's with the intention not to do that again. So it's sort of like forgiving goes along with that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say you've got a situation where you're, um, or somebody has been abused, in whatever form that could look like. Um, and to forgive a person doing it doesn't mean that what the person has done is acceptable. Or does it mean that it's right for you to go back right into a situation where that abuse could continue to happen? Does that make sense? So, all right, let's quickly look at, about um, Bible. Okay, um, when we consider being followers of Jesus, um, what what is Jesus's forgiveness? What does He do when He forgives us? I'm going to write this up here as well. I think. Um, what does he do when he forgives us? When he forgives us? Like he died for us? Oh, really? Okay. So he died for us. How many of our sins are forgiven when he forgives us? Did you hear that? that that's actually pretty huge. Like, so he doesn't judge whether it's a biggie or a little He just goes, all. Oh. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? 
Um, his forgiveness. Uh, now, now, let's say I'm I'm in. For the sake of being dramatic, I'm an axe murderer. All right, and um, I get caught, and I go. Then I become Christian, and I give my life to Jesus, and Jesus forgives me. What isn't going to happen? Maybe that's a hard question. Am I still going to go to jail? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So just because I'm forgiven by Jesus doesn't mean that the, con- the earthly consequences of my error, action, or sin um, aren't just going to magically disappear. So you drive too fast, and you know you're a Christian doesn't mean that you know if the police pulls you over and you go, oh. I'm sorry, officer, but I'm a Christian. Yes, so that doesn't mean he's not going to write you out a ticket and say, "Stop driving too fast." Does that make sense? Okay. Let's 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 move on. I want to talk a little bit about. Kat's going to talk about what forgiveness is not. So I um I with women who've been impacted by someone's imprisonment. 
and in many of the cases of meeting with those women, it will not be appropriate for them to go back into the relationship gathering uh, with that person. And unless there's some huge transformation that can be demonstrated very clearly with that person. So um, that really helped me understand actually that there are two different things here that really helped us to understand. Does that make sense? Um, and I know that's kind of an extreme example, but I thought that it might actually help you with that. Um, and I think some of the other things that we get stuck in, someone said to me recently that I was reading actually, that letting that bitterness build up in you is like a spiritual arthritis. That it actually, it almost um, it slows us down in who we can become and who we're meant to be in the world when we hold that internally and that unforgiveness with us. And that we can just, we stay attached in a really unhealthy way to that event and that person when actually the Lord wants us to be released from that event and that person and to be able to move on with him. And then the change in that other person, they have to do their own work. Sometimes I think we don't forgive because we're hoping that they'll, they'll decide they need to do some sort of work in their life and get themselves sorted out. But that has to be that person's work. And, and sometimes we're not the person that's meant to be involved in that. Um, so, yeah, so they're just some of the things that I think hold us, can hold us in those places that become lean into, in the end, holding us in a place where unforgiveness is there and it's damaging to us. So I wonder if there's something that you would identify in some of those that you think, oh, my gosh, I've seen that in people. Or even if, you know, I sometimes think there's this lady at, that's at a checkout at the RGA that I go to. And honestly, I'm pretty sure there's a whole lot of stuff in her life that she hasn't forgiven. And when I put my stuff through, I'm like, oh. you know, it's like my, my thing to try and make a smile and connect with her. But I just think, oh my goodness, I don't know what's happened in your world. But you just carry that and you're kind of a scary person lady. <laughs> She's checking my stuff out. And I'm thinking, isn't that wonderful that we don't have to get to that point where, where we're really gnarly and just um, hold on to an unforgiveness that is just anger that spills out everywhere we are, even at the checkout. Um, so I also think um, part one of the things we're getting confused about with forgiveness is that that part of it being anger. And one of the things that I I remember right early on in my Christian life was that being shown that passage in scripture that says, um, just don't let your, the sun go down on your anger, essentially. The thing that, that, you know, the Lord just never says to us that the anger is wrong. It's what you do with it whether that's going to be a helpful thing or an unhelpful thing. And at the end of the day, anger and that anger that you feel is an adrenaline rush that happens in the first place to tell you that you're being threatened in some way. So either yourself is being threatened or something that you believe or um, your property or someone you care about. And it gives you a fright flight kind of mechanism to say either I'm meant to stand up and fight here or I've got to run to fix that. So the most important thing to do actually is to stop if you can and go, okay, I feel really angry and ask the question about what's going on underneath and, um, and say, why am I angry? What is the thing that's being threatened? 
what really should my response be and let some of the intensity of the adrenaline drop so that your, your sort of rational frontal lobe can kick in a little bit and, and tell you a bit more about what's happening in the situation, even if you have to walk away to figure it out first. So you're not adding fuel to the fire, essentially. But I would say to you, you're allowed to be angry if something if you've been wronged, and then what do you do with it? And I think there are some really powerful stories of what people are learning to do with um, that ongoing anger that can be there, that people, and, and ways of holding that anger and using that energy for something that's actually really good rather than something destructive. So if you have forgiven someone, then um, say, for example, uh, I know someone who um, their uh, son was killed in a car accident where there was wrongdoing with a drunk driver. And they decided that they wanted to channel their ang anger and this emotion into something that was good and so they set up a support system for other people who'd been in the same situation, who had lost a child through that sort of act in a car accident of some description. And they just ended up having this powerful ministry to, across, um, you know, in, a, in quite a few different areas. And I just think, wow, that's an incredible way to release and forgive, but recognise you still have that powerful anger in, in your grief and to channel it into something that's incredibly positive. And if you look through history, at kind of the times where revolution has really happened and good things have happened, there has often been something that needed forgiveness and a moving away, disconnecting that power of bitterness and unforgiveness and then taking the energy of the anger to cause a quiet revolution, really, if you look at it. So it's a really, it's something powerful that I think is worth thinking about. Uh, story in the Bible that that involves forgiveness. Prodigal <clears throat> oh. son. Yeah. What's going on? Um, who needs to forgive who? The well, they kind of. Oh, the dad needs to forgive the son because he went out and just spent all his money. Yep. Who else in that story? Brother. Sorry? The brother. The brother. What's going on for the brother? The brother's jealous that his son's been welcomed back. That is, yeah. I have more saints, would you like to <laughs> <And laughs> Now, would you, so are we all aware of that? So, so the son, so the younger brother leaves home, spends all the money, has a wild time, falls into, loses all the money, comes home and begs forgiveness, and the dad goes, yeah, my son's lost, come home. The older brother chucks a bit of a wobble. If, do we see the situation with the older brother restored? So what's he now, what is the older brother living with now? He is, what's going on for him? Well, he's not forgiving, is he? And so what, what, where does the older brother end up being right at the end of the story? Is he in at the party, having a great time? Or outside being the grumpy butt? That's like being drunk. And isn't that interesting? A really simple story. And we see this issue of here is the son who's done all the bad stuff and he gets forgiven by the father. Then the father goes to see the older brother who refuses to forgive who? 
his younger brother, as well as the father. How could you accept, you know, you know, Mr. Go spend all your money and live it up, brother? And so there's two things, and both of them cause him broken relationship. And he's been, how long do you think the older brother has been living with that unforgiveness for? Was it just in the moment? Maybe not. He might have been annoyed right from day one where the younger brother picked up the money and left the building. And he stayed home having to look after the farm and do all the stuff and can't have a party with his friends. Just remember he brings it up? Mm. You know, I, you know, I've been working my butt off for you and you never gave me a party. I can never kill the fattened calf. Assuming there's more than one fattened calf, of course. <laughs> but, so that another story in Bible about forgiveness. Old Testament. Old Testament. Genesis. Yes. Yeah. What else? Another story. Old Testament. Back end of back end of Genesis. Come you guys. Come here. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, that's oh, not the back end. Sorry. Yeah, it causes murder. So there you go. Okay, Joseph. What happens with Joseph? What happens with Joseph? He wore an amazing coat. Oh, yeah, Joseph. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. His brothers betray him. What are they, what are they prepared to do? But, but what, they were actually going to, uh, and who came to his rescue? Older brother. Okay, so he gets sold off, then gets down to Egypt, everything turns. Well, there's a few other things he's had to learn how to forgive. So Joseph has to forgive his brothers. Then what happens? Does he have a happy life after that? Who's he then got to forgive? He is wrongly accused, remember? And he ends up in jail. In jail. And who's in jail with him? The wine taster. And the... Okay. And, and he does the whole dream interpretation thing, right? And what does he say to them? When you... See the king. When you see the king, don't forget to... Mentioned me, and did they? No. No. So, year, another two years he's in jail on the accused. Okay, so he gets out, everything comes pretty happy, and then his brothers arrive on the scene. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? What could have he done? What did he have every right to do? Or to deny them? <laughs> well, let's, let's not go straight to murder. This is a Christian thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so he could have denied the what? They were coming for food, eh? They were trying to save their, their butts so they no food. Anyway, so another story. So lots of stories about forgiveness and sometimes the consequences of forgiveness. So Joseph is a great story. What's the really powerful line at the end of the Joseph story? What God what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. So here's a situation where Joseph has this what would appear to be a terrible life and yet God had deep purpose in that. So it's interesting, isn't it? So even through those sort of given situations. Do you want to do yeah. this one today? Um, now, you know, even 
forgiveness is something that's really central to Christianity, isn't it? And it's interesting to me that there is a worldwide organisation now that has discovered how important forgiveness is. And they, um, they go around, they ask people to share their stories of forgiveness that they've experienced in their own lives and to share it with other people to, to let them know, you know, how healing and powerful forgiveness is in freeing up their own lives. Um, and, and some of the stories are pretty out there. And we have some here that you can come and read later on if you want to. But one of the people who has been very um, instrumental in this organisation is the name that you may have heard, Desmond Tutu. I wonder if anyone can um, tell me in the name about him. The Archbishop of South Africa? Sorry? Can you the Archbishop of South Africa? Yes, he is. And what does he talk about? He does talk about Jesus. The Bible and God. Yes. <laughs> there was something called apartheid. And a lot of people were treated really badly. So um, he uh, was very much a part of trying to bring reconciliation between white and black South Africans. Yeah. So he is the chairman of the South, South African Trust and Reconciliation Commission. And he says this about forgiveness. To forgive is not just to be altruistic. It's the best form of self-interest, which is kind of what we were saying. It's, a, it's really about what we do. It's also a process that does not exclude these emotions are all part of being human you should never hate yourself for hating others who do terrible things the depth of your love is shown by the extent of your anger however when I talk of forgiveness I mean the belief that you can come out the other side a better person that you can be a better person than the one being consumed you can become a better person than the one that is initially consumed by the anger and hatred. Remaining in that state locks you in a state of victimhood, making you almost dependent on the perpetrator. If you can find it in yourself to forgive them, then you're no longer chained or connected to that person. You can move on and you can help the perpetrator to become a better person too. But the process of forgiveness also requires acknowledgement on the part of the perpetrator that they've committed an offence. And I don't like to talk about my own personal experiences, although some of the things people have tried to do to my family are close to what I'd consider unforgivable. I don't talk about these things because I've witnessed so many incredible people who, despite experiencing atrocity and tragedy, have come to the point in their lives where they are able to forgive. So, and then there might be people that you have heard of. He talks about a particular situation that he heard of where um, there were a group of people in a car and the car was attacked and uh, the teenage daughter in the car was killed. And somehow the family came to the point where they could forgive these people. And they say that it was, uh, he says how incredible it was to see the humanity of forgiveness and the way that they were able to hold the other people who had done this atrocity as human also. So that's just one um, real sort of assessment and, and one that you may 
heard of that would be real for us in Australia. You may have heard of when people have done gone out and done their pin hits and bashed someone on the back of their head and they've ended up dying. Well, this is someone who did exactly that and is willing to share his story. His name is Jacob. His life changed forever when he handed himself in a police station and he was arrested for suspicion of murder. Um, it was a month earlier. He'd been celebrating at a friend's 18th. He'd got really drunk. He had... Um, he was in secondary school at the time. He'd been, been having trouble with his studies and he'd been in trouble with gang mindset and so forth. But on that night, he'd drunk a lot. And his friends were... Um, with him, but they got into a whole lot of trouble, and they raced after this guy, and he threw a punch at him from the back, and the guy dropped dead and died. Um, and he, a month later, put it out of his mind, and he actually went to the police and admitted what he'd done. So looking for the person who had done this king hit. And in prison, he was consumed with anger, and he blamed his friends first, and then he started to feel self-pity, and then he became a victim. But through it, in the space of his custody, he started to reflect on what he'd done. And some people challenged him to consider what it meant for the family of the, of the other guy that he killed. And he said that he never even thought about what it meant for them. He was so focused on his stuff. But his probation officer talked to him about something called restorative justice. I don't know if you've heard about that. But he said that David and Joe, the parents of the boy that he killed, and that boy's name was James, wanted to meet with him and ask him some questions. And so he agreed to do that because he thought it was the least he could do after what he had done. And as he started to communicate with them and learn about restorative justice, he realised... Um, he realised more about what he'd done and he went to that hearing and he was overwhelmed initially with the guilt and shame of realising what he'd done to his family. But then, because of their forgiveness, David and Joan's forgiveness expressed to him, he was able to move forward and he went back to his education and started succeeding well then and he kept in touch with the parents of his family. He decided to study criminology and he talked to other young people about the importance of monitoring what they're doing in their lives. He works in areas of restorative justice and speaking about trying to find ways for people to find forgiveness, forgiveness for themselves in this case, and um, the gift, the, the forgiveness of his family was to him. So it was a, an opportunity for that family to find some healing, but actually it was a gift they gave him, really, wasn't it, to help him realise what he had done and to find a sense of So I don't, I don't know if there are some things in my stories that would help you think, okay, there are some elements that we've just spoken about before about what forgiveness can look like. Has anyone heard of restorative justice before? Maybe not. That is, uh, that is something that we're doing in Australia more and more. And there's an organisation that helps that happen. So I just thought that that would, that would be helpful kind
kind of bookends of, you know, that can be everything from, you know, forgiving a friend who has said something horrible about you to someone else to kind of these stories that if we don't learn how to do it here now with these these moments that are real for us where we are, if we're ever challenged with bigger situations, how would we ever deal with them is my thought. So I guess what I guess in terms of maybe a take home for today is when you think about forgiveness, um, I guess one of the things that Kat and I are trying to share today is this sense of firstly is that you may forgive somebody, but it, it, it will often be that you will never forget what happened. So the whole idea of forgive and forget doesn't work. We've already discovered that. Um, and so sometimes when we don't, when we keep remembering, we think, does that mean I haven't forgiven them? Have you thought about that? You think, well, why am I still remembering this if I forgive them? I surely should just forget what's happened. But it's not the case because often, especially if it's been a painful thing, it may have had an effect on your life that you'll never forget. Um, but So forgiveness is about releasing that other person away so you're not bound to the event. So the big thing is, is, is the, the danger of unforgiveness is, is that if we hold on to the pain of an event, um, the person, and we may hold on to that because we're trying to punish the other person. So we go, I'm not going to forgive them because they've done a bad thing and I want them to suffer for it. And that doesn't work. You hear that? It doesn't work. Unforgiveness doesn't punish the You not forgiving somebody does not punish the other person. It doesn't try and hold it accountable. It doesn't, you know, it's like, if I forgive them, then I'm letting them off. No, it's not that you're letting them off. You're still acknowledging that they've done something wrong. But it's not keeping you bound to that event and letting, I would say, the enemy work bad stuff in you. Mm. We end up becoming bitter and angry. And we actually heard somebody say, it's harder to remain unforgiving. It takes more effort to, to keep unforgiving somebody than to forgive them. Because the unforgiveness goes on and on and on and on and on, year in, year out. Do you know what I mean? Whereas when you forgive somebody, you deal with the, the issue there and you release that person to God. Does that make sense? You release what they've done to God's judgment, not yours. God will sort them out. Is God a better judge than you? Far better, right? Was he there when it happened? Does he know what was going on for you? Does he know what was going on for them? He knows all that stuff. So as we forgive somebody, we release them into God's hand and, and what he will do with them. So the better thing is that we can then go, all right, I don't want to be holding this thing over me and being angry and bitter at this person for the rest of my life because it's just exhausting. Mm. I have a question to ask. So having spoken about those things and we're hoping to pray together in a couple of minutes, is there something that you've heard in this time that was new for you that you thought, okay, I want to think a bit more about that? There is a lot of involved. Is it all something you've heard before? Yeah? How, like, forgiving isn't just moving on from the past and, like, forgetting about or happening. Yes.
talked about anger and the place anger takes in us. Did, did anyone kind of think, oh, that makes me think about anger differently? I'm just nodding. I'll give you a wallet if that nod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? It takes more energy to keep being angry with someone than it's not good. Yeah. So speaking is actually um, um, the biggest motivator is Jesus. I look, I look at my life and I go, I look at it and I think, well, Jesus, you've seen everything I've ever done and you've forgiven it all. So if I'm struggling with forgiving somebody, then I've got to turn to the Lord to help. Does that make sense? So how do we how do we ask God to help us forgive people? How? Like what what would we what sort of interaction would we do with God to go, all right Lord, this person's hurt me and I'm finding it really hard to forgive them. Help me. What are we looking for Jesus to do? So there's a pride thing, isn't it? It's like there's, there's me involved here. Now, what about me? You know, if I forgive them, what about me? Who's going to look after me? So it's acknowledging that. So there's a bit of stuff that we have to do with, with the Lord on pride. Yeah? Really good. Yeah? Um, also, asking God to show you how he sees that person. Yeah, good one. Cool. How does that sound? That's good. And what do you think God's going to try and show you? Like if you're saying, all right, Lord, I need to see what you see about this person. What do you think he's going to show you? Horrible, evil, bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's a horrible, evil, bad guy. So don't get him. <laughs> what do you think he may show you? Sorry? Not so different from us after all. Yeah, I think that's really true. Because remember when Jesus, when Jesus died for us to forgive us, what was, what was Jesus' motivation in forgiving us? Was it because we were really good people and just, he just was felt really sorry for us? What was Jesus' motivation in forgiving you and me? He loves us. And so, so maybe... So, so maybe if we're going to ask Jesus to help, then is, is that maybe not a question that we can ask the Lord to help us? Lord, how do I love this person? You don't have to like them. Isn't that, that's maybe a question you can ask you later. What's the difference between liking somebody and loving somebody? Because sometimes you just won't want to hang around with them anymore. That's totally fine. But you can still act in love. In other words... To love somebody is to do something in their best interest. All right, what is good for them. And so if I want to try and forgive them, I'm like, Lord, I want to 
We want to pray now, this might not involve everybody, but what we'd like to do is that, shh, just a moment, we've got 15 minutes left, um, is to actually, sorry? Well, let's see, just So I guess what we wanted to do is to have the opportunity, if you felt like there's an issue of forgiveness in your life that you would like to see shifted, then that would be really good to pray for. Now, some scenarios may be is that you're being hurt by somebody and you're struggling to forgive them. Maybe that. It may be that you have done something and you think God can't forgive you because it seems really bad. Or um, this is another hard issue is that you've done something and you're struggling to forgive yourself. That's another issue, isn't it? Because sometimes, you know, you've hurt somebody and it's really messed their lives up and you're just like, I'm so bad, and you're, just, you're hanging on that event and you're struggling to not forgive yourself. Is that, is that all right? So three different scenarios. Somebody's hurt you and you're struggling with forgiving a person who's done that. You're struggling with forgiveness with God on a particular issue, or struggling with um, forgiving yourself. So what we'd like to do is that if that's if that applies to you, what we do at Scott is that we pray, because that's when we invite God to come in and bring his power. So does, does any of those relate to anybody in this room? Can you pop a hand up? Passcode. I was recording a session for her, but I can't turn it off. The passcode's on. <laughs> no, but I'll cool. get on. They can record my conversation. Um, okay, I have to give you. So how did your workshop go this morning? It was good. It was yeah, it was fun. Um, they, it was good for them to sort of see like a different side of dance. Not 
expression, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Thank you. Um, and you are going to be in the amphitheatre, which is just um, Near the that way. Basketball court. Yeah, so yeah. where the grass is like yeah. veed. Oh, near the old hall that we did. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, so is that a good spot for yeah, you? Yeah, that's easy. Yeah? I work with Lenore. Cool. Yeah, um, because um, I had a couple of my girls there this morning. Yeah. Uh, Steph and Lauren, I think we're there. Oh, Amy cool. Mazzola. Um, so we have a dance ministry in our church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, cool. I was chatting to at the end. Yeah. So cool. So cool. It's been fun. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's cool. There's even a boy. There's quite a tiny boy. Boys. Lots of boys. Yes. Um, Peter, do you know what Beck's code is? Because it's just recording. Just put it out here. Yeah.